Acts chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 23 here in just a moment. Peter and John have just been dragged before the Sanhedrin and warned and beaten not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Heaven forbid that, you're, that people are being healed and set free. I'll let you get there so you can hear me. Heaven forbid that people are being healed and set free. That's why they were drug in. They were drug in before the religious leaders because people were being healed and set free. Can't have that. I'll tell you, nothing much has changed. Uh, you would think if there was revival poured out in the land, the religious crowd would be happy about it. No, they'll want to beat you. So Paul and John are now on their second trip. I love in verse 8, we're not going to read there, it says, but, but, but it's the key. It says, then Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, stood. <laughs> Boy, we'll have to preach that a minute. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll, st you'll stand. Hey, Pentecostal church, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, see, I'm King James Version. When you're, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll stand. We need more people full of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not talking about you spoke in tongues 35 years ago. I'm talking about that you full today. Oh. We're going to have to pray ahead of time. And Peter, being full of the Holy Ghost, stood. I should have used that in my text. That's pretty good. Verse 23 says, On being released, they, that's Peter and John, went to their own people and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voices in unity to God. That was a miracle. <laughs> Anytime the church is in unity, it's a miracle. Hello, people. Y'all act like y'all hadn't been to church before. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voices in unity to God and prayed, Lord, you are God, who has made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, and who by the mouth of your servant David said, why did the nations rage? And the people devise a vain things. The kings of the earth came and the rulers were assembled together against the Lord and against his Christ. Indeed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were assembled together against your holy son, Jesus, whom you have anointed. They're praying and acknowledging that everybody is against Jesus. The government was against Jesus. The people were against Jesus. The religious leaders were against Jesus. Hello, somebody. Verse 28 says, To do what your, your hand and your counsel hath foreordained to be done. Now, Lord... Now, this is a prayer. This is a bold prayer. Listen to this prayer. Are you going to pray this prayer? Listen to this prayer. Now, Lord, look on, your, look on their threats and grant your servants. And grant that your servants may speak your word with great boldness. 
Now I'm going to stop there a second. They just acknowledged in their prayer to the living God that everybody is against us. The religious leaders just beat us again and turned us loose. The crowds have turned on Jesus. You know, whenever Jesus was feeding the hungry, there were thousands. Whenever they thought he was going to set himself up as kings, they sang hosannas to him. But the closer they got to the cross, the fewer people there were around. Now he's been killed and buried and resurrected. And everybody's against him. Save some 5,000 at this point. Because the day of Pentecost, 120 were in an upper room saved. Then, then 3,000 got saved. Then 5,000 got saved. So I guess there's 8,120 on the face of the earth that's not against him. Come on, somebody. Everybody's against us. The world system's against us. The government's against us. The religious leadership's against us. The, the people in the temple, they're against us. The crowd's against us. The people in town's against us. You, are you, do you hear me? Now look, now Lord, look at their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with boldness by stretching out your hand to heal And that signs and wonders may be performed in the name of your holy son, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled. Well, I pray for the day when they're all filled. You say, oh, those days are past. I'm, I'm sorry. To, I, I'm glad to tell you that God doesn't change. And he's no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another. Whenever the church gets hungry again, when Mag Church gets hungry again, when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ gets hungry again, they will all be filled. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of the God with boldness. They prayed and he answered. They prayed and he answered. Grant unto us that, that we might speak the word of God with boldness. It says when they prayed, the place was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. This morning, if I had a title, I, I pondered it back and forth. Uh, I'm going to save you some time this week, Brandon. He usually has to come up with a title because I just come to preach. I, if I had a title this morning, I would say it would be the call to the radical. A call to the radical. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. And for your spirit. And for your boldness. For your strength. For your direction. For your anointing. Lord, I pray that over Mag Church and under the sound of our voice, wherever it may go all over this world, that there would be an anointing of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need a renewal, revival of conviction in the church today and in the world today. Lord, grant us to speak the word with boldness. 
and stretch out your hand to perform signs, wonders, and miracles among your people in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. A call to the radical. We need a call to the radical again today. Now let's define some terms because if you're talking about radical Islam, see, radical Islam will, will cut your head off when you disagree with them or won't convert. Radical Islam will, 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 put your, will, will, put, will bind chains around the church doors and set it on fire whenever you, whenever you don't leave their, their territory. Radical Islam will, will, will put people in cages and douse them with gasoline and, and light a match. Radical Buddhism will, will burn down the village, believe it or not. People think that the Buddhists are peaceful, but you talk to the missionaries in India and in northern China, and they will tell you different. The, 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 radical, the, the, the radical protester will bomb the clinic. The, the, the radical militant political operative will burn down the city. That's what you think of when you think of a radical. I got news for you today. I'll just give you a little insert that the radical Muslim is the real Muslim. Just so you know. The news is not going to tell you that, but I will. And it's incompatible with Christianity and it's incompatible with freedom. You might as well wake up and say amen or oh me. Because somebody has to say it's what's, what's true. But that's not the mark of the radical Christian. The radical Christian is, is not the one burning down buildings and blowing up clinics. That's not a radical Christian. That's not a Christian at all. The radical Christian is the one that will stand by what the Word of God says. In spite of what the tides of the society have to say. The radical Christian will say that God's word is forever settled in heaven and there's no court and there's no Congress and there's no politician, and there's no, that there's no mood in the society that can change that. The radical Christian will, will, that you will burn his house down and he will come to your next meeting and try to reach you for Jesus. Mm -hmm. The radical Christian, you, you will try to kill his children and he will pay to send missionaries back to your village to try to reach you with the love of God. The radical Christian, you, you'll send a missionary named J.W. Tucker to, your, to a community and they will kill that man and throw him to the alligators. And another one will come right behind him and say, and they say, we're going to kill you too. And say, oh, your, your land has a tradition. If someone spills their blood in your river, that you have to listen to their story. That happened. J.W. Tucker was fed to the alligators in, in Western Africa. And, they, and the next missionary said, we're going to kill you too. And he said, he spilled his blood in your river. You have to listen to his story. And they began to tell of the story and the testimony of J.W. Tucker. And the gospel exploded all over West Africa because of a radical Christian. I'm talking about a call to the radical. The radical Christian, no matter what comes against them, will stand up. And preach the word and say what's true. See, radical Christianity is biblical Christianity. 
And we've came to a place in America, in Southeast Texas, in Mauriceville, Texas, where we think just standing with the word is now extremism. In the mainstream churches, we're not talking about the churches that apostatized years ago, the churches that apostatized years ago and just flow with the flow of the world. We're talking about, we're talking about an evangelical once solid Bible preaching churches, we've came to the point now that we're just to stand and say, that's, that's wrong. Has now put you in an extremist, an extremist position. I'll ask you, i ask you Wednesday night. I'm going to ask you again today. When did biblical Christianity become an extreme position? When did, it, when did it become a crazy position to believe that, but that, that life begins at conception? When did that become extreme? You say, oh, you're going to politicize the sermon already. I'm going to tell you again, I've said it a thousand times and I'll say it again today. If you believe that matters of life are a political problem, you need to wake up. He, is a God. he said, I am come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. It says, in him was Jesus, in him was life, and, li and, his, and his life was the light of men. It says, before, let me tell you something. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, God says. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I'm going to park here a minute. I don't say a whole lot about this, but I'm going to say it this morning. Listen to you, like me, young lady. If you have been to an abortion clinic and took the life of your young baby, God has grace and mercy for you if you will call on him and ask him to give it. Make no, make no question about it. God will forgive you and give you grace and mercy and happiness and restore your life. No question about it. But make no question about it. It's murder. Amen or oh me. And I got news for you. I'm gonna, uh, this is a wild call to the radical this morning. Somebody, somebody people in this room are going to get upset with me. That's okay. Be upset. I believe there's absolutely positively, scripturally, no exceptions. Period. If God is the author of life, it doesn't matter how it got here. Oh, I... I I really didn't plan to park here, but look at me. I, I, I feel that, mm, to stay here just a minute. If you think for one second, young lady, that carrying that baby to term and giving it to someone that will love it, it's going to be harder on you than carrying the guilt and the shame of knowing that you have wondered every birthday how old they would be and what they would look like and what they would have accomplished in life. You have believed a deception and a lie. Can, you be, can, I get, can I be just a little bit personal for just one second? I'm talking about personal to me. My late wife, Lisa, was born in 1963. She was nine years older than me. And in 1962, her young mother, 14 years old, was impregnated by a 40-year-old married man. That's how she came about. 
And there's very, very little doubt in my mind today that had Lisa been conceived in 1973 instead of 1963, that there would have never been a Lisa. No doubt in my mind. What married man is not going to take care of his problem? When there was no Lisa, there would be no Mays, there would be no Jamie, and there would be not any grandchildren that came from that. You can, you can talk about it any way you want to, you can justify it any way you can, but this preacher is going to stand this morning and boldly declare in a radical stance that God is the author of life, he loves all life, and that he, that he, that he is pro-life. Let me talk to you conservative Republicans a minute. That means, if you, that means if we were ever to get a chance to save the lives of people, don't you dare complain about your taxes being raised to feed them. Some of you just pass smooth out in the floor. You can't produce orphans and then not take care of them. I'm going to say it again. Don't you dare. Because that, that's always the shoot back. Who's going to take care of them? We are. called to radicals this morning God is a God of life he's not only a God of life but he's a God of abundant life y'all bunch of quiet Presbyterians <laughs> God is not the author of confusion therefore it is not God that created people that don't know if they're men or women Oh, I'm going down the road today. Don't worry. I'm not talking about being hateful. When you call them people names, listen to me, church. Look at me and look at me good. Don't you call yourself one of his when you're calling people names, when you're calling people fag, and when you're calling people queer, and when you're calling... Don't you, don't you, don't you name Jesus in the, same sit, in the same sentence. Don't you do it. But let me tell you something, young man, young woman. You were, God was not confused when he created you. He created you in his own image, in his likeness and in his image, and he knew exactly who you were. He, know, he has a plan for your life, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11. He knows, I know the plans I have for you. Say it the Lord, and it's a plan to prosper you. You just need him. I got news for you. It's a radical position today that God is still not confused that the first covenant he ever created on this earth was before, he, before there was a blood covenant, there was a marriage covenant. And it was a marriage. It says that, that in Genesis, it says that God created him male and female. And it says, when, it says, and the two became one flesh. It says, for this cause, a man should leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Do not be confused. There is no, I don't care what the courts say. I don't care what the government says and locally. I don't care what the, what, the, what the liberal theologians say. The Bible says that marriage is between one man and one woman, period. Doesn't mean I hate you. Oh, <laughs> I, heard a, I heard a great line a few weeks ago from a preacher, so if you don't mind, I'll use it. Not hating, just saying. Not hating, just saying. We have came to a point in the political environment in this country where we have been led to believe, if I don't agree with you, that I hate you. You may hate me. You may hate me for what I just said, but I love you enough to say it. 
Jesus loves you enough to save you. God loves you enough to restore you. To deliver you. The homosexual and the lesbian have believed a deception and a lie. I'm going to say it flat out. It is a spiritual deception and a lie. It is a bondage. And Romans chapter 1 says it is when you, that he will turn you over to it and it will be the judgment if you don't repent of it. You say, preacher, you're hateful. No, I'm not hateful. I love you. Enough to tell you. I, I got to tell you the dead religion that prays to Mary and the dead saints. There's but one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. That's the scripture. I don't care what Rome says. I don't care what the catechism says. I don't care what the priest says. I don't care what your grandma says. I'm talking about a radical called back to the word of God. God grant us that with boldness we will stand and declare what is true. And if it's dead religion, it is just that. It might as well be, you might as well be praying to the light fixtures. If you're burning candles, the only thing you're doing is supporting somebody's job at the candle factory. Because it's not doing you any good with God. Oh, I got news for you, Pentecostal believers. If you're, if, if you're, speaking, if you're praying in tongues, but you're cussing in English, something's wrong with you. Got even bigger news for you. The devil speaks in tongues. Just in case you thought I was going to leave us out. Got quiet again, baby. If you speak in tongues but you're hateful in English, you need another trip. I've thought about that. I've been doing a little fasting this week. I'm going to do a little more. I'm going to call the church to fasting. But I saw it on Facebook this week. It's so good. Every once in a while, Facebook gets it right. Most of the time they don't, but this time they did. It said, it said if, you're, if you're fasting but you're still gossiping, just eat. <laughs> Grant us with boldness. Somebody hear me in this house? Grant us with boldness that we would stand and declare the word of the Lord and that you would answer with signs following. You want to know where the signs following is? It's when the church will wake up and preach the gospel boldly. Oh, you don't, you don't know that the Bible says confirming the word. Somebody say the word. Somebody say the word. It says he would confirm the word. Not the evangelist. Not the pastor. Not the denomination. Not the, not the hopped up worship music. Well. It says confirming the word with signs following. You, you're, we're never going to see miracles, signs, and wonders if we can't stand with the word. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They, they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. It says they shall take up serpents. Now that's not a snake handling church. 
Although that's where the snake handling church gets it from. <laughs> don't, that's why you don't, right there. <laughs> right there is why you don't build doctrine on one scripture. <laughs> they shall take up serpents. It says if they drink any deadly thing, it shall by no means harm them. These signs shall follow them that believe. I'm talking about radical. I'm talking about a call to the radical. If you want to see God do radical things, I don't even know if they do. I can't tell. If you want to see God do radical things, then you're going to have to be a radical believer. David Wilkerson once said, you ever heard of David Wilkerson? He said, you know what I've noticed in my life? God has never used a single person ever in church history that didn't come out radically. That didn't stand against every tide and stand for what's true. Some of you, some of you, I've said before, you, you can't stand up because you're afraid somebody, you're, you're not going to have 5,000 followers on Facebook anymore. But you know what's mostly happened today? You know what most people are selling out for? Oh, man. Cindy, I may need a ride in a minute. If Heather's busy to get me out of here. You know what most people are selling out to? They're selling out to their children. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here quiet for, for a reason. I want you to think about it. I see preachers, pastors, once on fire, Pentecostal, flame, fire-breathing, dragon preachers that have sold out to appease their kids. They compromise the word. They compromise the standards. They comp- I want to tell you something. This book doesn't belong to me. I didn't write it. And I have zero right to change it. None. I'm called to preach it, to proclaim it, to report it, to stand on it, to stand with it. Church, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I will say this. When you sell out to your kids, you made your kids your God and your idol. Children, when you sell out to mom and dad or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or, 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 the, or your professor or, or, or your job, you've sold out to idolatry. You're serving something and it's not God. I can tell you what happens today. That son comes home and says, Dad, I'm a homosexual. And he says, well, God made room for that. That's what's happening today. Say, why are you talking about those things again? That is where we are at today. You can sit there stone-faced and quiet all you want to, but turn on the news. Every agenda that's being shoved through this world is a radical agenda. I'm talking about a call to the radical today. And I'm telling you that the pulpits are selling out because one of their kids believed a lie instead of standing up to their child and say, I love you no matter what. 
but it's wrong and I will not tolerate it. I will not. Any more than I would tolerate you putting a gun to your head and pulling the trigger. Because it's just as deadly. Any more than I would tolerate you shooting up with heroin at my kitchen table. Because it's just as deadly. I will not celebrate it. I will not endorse it. I will pray for you. I will love you. You're welcome in my home anytime you want to, but you will not to bring your debauchery to my home. Quiet. A call to the radical. Jesus said, listen to me, I'll lay scripture on it, lest you think I've lost my mind. He says, if you don't, he said, if you don't love me, Jesus, more than you love your sons and your daughters or your father and your mother, then you are not even worthy of me. That's what the word says. Somebody says, preacher, you don't love anybody. That is ridiculous. I love you enough to tell you that you're not going to make it in eternity if you don't know the truth right now. You are not going to make it. This life is a vapor. It's here one moment, gone the next. And there's a, there's a first death that we're all going to experience. I got news for you. Unless the, unless the rapture comes between now and the grave, death is 100% for everybody in this room. It's 100%. Nobody's going to escape it. But every one of us can escape a second death, the eternal death, the death that matters. Jesus said, don't fear men that can kill your body. It says, fear the God that has, that has your soul. What profit a man, listen to me, to gain the world. What does that mean? To gain approval of the world. To gain status in the world. To gain riches of the world. To gain position in the world. To, to, to gain friendship with the world. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? All of it. If you got it all. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his own soul? We've got a radical, we've got a crazy idea of what hell is. We think people are going to party with their friends in hell. We think it's just going to be a little place that's a little, that's a little more tropical than we're used to, that it's going to be a little warm. And we think that we're going to, we think that we're going to party through eternity. You're not going to party with nothing. It's going to be total loneliness. Although it's populated. There's things I don't understand. There's things this word talks about that I don't get. I don't understand fire without light. But the Bible says that if you die without God, you'll be cast into outer darkness. But it talks about a fire that's not quenched. I don't understand fire without light. I don't understand the millions and billions, but total isolation. I don't understand that. See, the church don't want to talk about these things anymore because we don't want to offend anybody. Jesus taught more about hell than he did heaven. And the reality is, the radical position is, is if you die without him, that's your home. That's your eternal destination. Where 10 billion times 10 billion times 10 billion years later, you've just begun. 
It's not just for a season. If it was for a season, we could handle it. Because if it was just for a season, you know what you would have? Hope. If it was for 250 million years and it would be over, you would still have hope. But it's not. He said it's a place where they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Hey, why would God do that? God didn't do that. Hell wasn't created for men. It was created for the devil and the fallen angels. But when mankind threw in its lot with the enemy, the fall was so cataclysmic and so big, we can't even get our mind around what the fall entails. It changed everything. Say, oh, but God is love. God is love. But he's also a consuming fire, the Bible says in Hebrews 12. It says he's, that there's an awesome and terribleness. Terrible doesn't mean he's, he's bad. Terrible means an incredible awesomeness about his holiness. Say, if, if, if God loved me, why? Because God loved you. He sent the best he had. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. It wasn't talking about you wouldn't die on this earth. It was talking about you wouldn't die eternally. That whosoever believed in him would not perish but have what? Everlasting life. God, he said he didn't send his son to condemn the world that through him that the world might be saved. And he goes on to talk about why Jesus didn't come to condemn the world because the world was already condemned. God done that at the fall. He said, and this is the condemnation. Everybody stops at 3.16. This is the condemnation. John 3.19 says that men love the darkness rather than the light. You want to know why men go to hell? You don't know why people go to hell? Because they love the darkness rather than the light. It says because their deeds were evil. Read it. This is the condemnation that men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. I don't want to change. You know what that's called? Rebellion. He gave the best we had. See, people don't hate religion. They hate Jesus. People don't hate the idea of God. Nearly universally, almost universally, the idea of God is embraced. Got the atheist that says, there's no atheist. That's a lie. I got news for you. That's a lie. I got news for you. That's a lie. I got news for you. That's a lie. Because God created us with a place in us, in in our spirit that knows there's a God. You've heard me say it before. You've heard the Holy Spirit. There's no atheist in foxholes. 
Bible says. Say, so preacher, you're always going to the Bible. Support it without the Bible. There is nothing without the Bible. There's nothing, but there's nothing without the Bible. There's nothing without the Word. I have nothing for you without the Word. You want to come counsel in my office? You want something other than the Word of God? Don't come see me. You're not going to get it. You're wasting your time and mine. Had a couple here a while back. They say, well, I, I know that's what, but what, but what else do you think? I said, I don't think anything else. If, if there's no Bible, I, I have nothing to say. Church, a call to the radical. You want to turn the tide in your family? Pray that you'll stand with boldness and preach the word. Stand for what's true. You want to, that rebellious child that hasn't spoke to you in years? I don't understand that. I got to tell you, I don't understand that. I see families, I, I, I have family, that they'll have a fallen out and they, they'll be estranged for 10 years. They, they've, been, they've been mad so long they didn't remember what they got mad over. They just know they don't like him. I, 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 just, I, just, I, just, I just don't like him. And I ain't talking to him. Well, why? What happened? I don't know. But, you know, he's a jerk. Well, all right. I don't understand that. Why are y'all so quiet? Are you thinking about it? Do you understand it? I don't understand it. There is nothing my children are ever going to do or say to me that's going to cause me to not love them or speak to them. Christian, child of God, mother, father, I would, just throw, I would just drive them out of my life if they come home and told me X, Y, Z. How are you ever going to have any influence in their life if you're not talking? But what if they walk away from you? I got, I got a call to the radical. How about every day? Night and day. Day and night. Night and day. How about you get on your face before God and you call their name? Call their name, call their name, call their name, call their name, call their name. When, 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 and, and, and on top of that, why don't you fast their name? Why don't we stand again? I'm talking about a call to the radical. When are we going to stand, church? Not, when is it going to be not about Sunday morning meeting? And going to be about standing between the dead and the living. When is it going to be about, God says, I searched among them. Looking for a man to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge. He says, but I found none. When's it going to be about if I can't bridge the gap that I grab you by the hand and we'll span the gap together? If that's not enough, I'll grab you by the hand and we'll span the gap together. Because where two or three agree is touching anything. Two is better than one. A three-ply cord is not easily broken. Church, quit railing against the world for what the world does. I'll stand up and, and talk about the truth. I'll tell you what's going on in the, in, in the world that affects the church. I do it all the time. It's a, it's a call to the word, and it's, a, and it's an equipping of the saints. I will not quit doing it. My job as a pastor is, see, the churches came to believe that the job of the pastor is to evangelize the town. When the Bible says that the job of the pastor is to equip the saints. 
I won't quit equipping you. I won't quit saying it. I won't quit, I won't quit bringing it to you boldly. I don't know what it'll end up costing me someday. I don't know. But I pray that God would grant me. Did you hear what they said? Did you hear what Peter and John knew just a few days past Pentecost? Whenever, whenever they saw and they heard an audible wind and saw a visible fire and, what, and they waited for what they didn't even know was coming and he baptized them in the power of God. It says, it says what did it say in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8? It says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria to Judea, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when they prayed, just a few days post-Pentecost, their prayer was, God, that you grant me that I may stand in boldness. They knew if he didn't do it, they couldn't. They knew, church, if they couldn't, we can't. If we don't get full of the word of God, full of the power of God, and learn to pray and fast again, we won't stand either. Church, when you acquiesce to the pressures of the world and your family, you're signing. You won't stand and tell your children no. You won't tell them to stop and tell your friends the truth. You're signing their eternal death certificate. When you accommodate it. That's why I prayed and opened. We need the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to hit this church again. I'm not talking, yes, for the sinner to get saved. Absolutely, he's not going to get saved without the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. But you know who else needs the convicting power of the Holy Spirit? I do. I do. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit. That's not the condemning power of the Holy Spirit. The convicting power, the convicting power will give you convictions. The convicting power will give you a backbone. The, the, the convicting power will give you the power of God in your life to reach that son or that daughter or that spouse. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit, will, they, they will, they'll have to run to or run from. And I'm going to tell you, the hound of heaven knows right where they're at. He'll chase them down. We sing it all. His goodness is running after me. The psalmist said, if I, he said, who am I that you would even think of me? He said, but your thoughts towards me are like the sand of the seas. He said, you know, David was in a bad place. He said, if I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. He's not talking about the eternal punishment of hell. He's talking about hell on earth. He's talking about there, there's no place on earth as long as I'm breathing the breath in this lungs that God gave me. That there's nowhere I can go. There's no place they can run. Mom, dad, spouse, grandchild, grandfather, grandmother, friend, co-worker, 
you get a burden for some. Oh, when's the last time you heard that word? When's the last time you had a burden for someone? A burden will lay on you, and you will and you will pray, and you will fast, and you will pray, and you will fast, and you will pray, and you will fast until. When's the last time you had a burden? I pray, God, that grant me the boldness to stand and declare the word in power. Church, we got to have him. There will be no revival without it. The call hasn't changed. The commission is still the same. The world, I don't even have time. I can't even begin to go into where we're at in this world right now. But I can tell you it's perilous and dangerous times. I can tell you that it's the beginning of sorrows. I can tell tell you that he shows signs in the heavens and the earth beneath. If If you don't believe that, you're not paying attention. You know what I did yesterday morning? I woke up and I I flipped open my phone, checked the headlines, and I saw a a satellite image that was on the news page I opened showing that volcano eruption blow in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Y'all see that picture? Down around Tonga? Did y'all see that? That that was such, on the seabed, the way that came erupted with such force that the satellite imagery was incredible. And when I saw it, you know what I said? I see you, God. I hear you. I hear you. I see you. I will show signs in the heavens and the earth beneath. Fire and wind and pillar of smoke. (laughs) You say, I got news for you. That is in perfect context. I said, I literally thought in my mind when I saw it, I said, I hear you. I see you. We're not running out of money. We're running out of time. And we need the will. I've asked you before, I'll ask you again at 12.01. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? It's a call to the radical. When you answer to the call to to radical Christianity, all it will be is biblical Christianity. What 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 will be radicalized that a Christian do? It'll cause you to stand with boldness and tell the truth. It'll cause you to get a burden for somebody that nobody else is praying for, and you'll pray until. It'll, it'll cause you to believe the Word of God. It'll cause you to proclaim the Word of God. And when you begin to believe and proclaim, it'll cause signs and wonders to follow you. Not the pastor, you. Not the pastor, you. Pastor's not coming out a special Christian. 
He's just a Christian. Called to equip the church. Stand with me today. And when they had prayed, it's a call back to prayer. Not now, now I lay me down to sleep. But oh God. You ever prayed those prayers? Oh God. It's a call back to fasting. The Bible says that this kind of faith goes not out but by prayer and by fasting. You gotta have faith. You gotta believe. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. Now, Lord, look on the threats. Did you notice they didn't ask God to eliminate the threats? We're under threat right now. We're under threat right now. I've told you for weeks, the target is us. Make no mistake about it, somebody. Look at me. The target is us. This is what they're after. Who's the they? You know, all the forces of the world. He's a, the enemy is assembling. If it's not God, it's him. And he's assembling his forces, concentrating on the church. We're the target. It says, now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant your servants that I may speak your word with great boldness. By stretching out your hand. Father, that's my prayer this morning across this place. Lord, that you would see their threats and grant your servants boldness. By stretching out your hand. Are there any radicals in this church today? Are there any that hear the call home? I'm not talking about political activism here. I'm talking about spiritual strength and spiritual boldness. I'm talking about the, a move of God. Are there any radicals in this room today? Does anyone hear the call to radical servanthood? To radical prayer? To radical fasting? Are you here? Call on Him right now. Right now. Wherever you're at. Wherever you're at. Call on Him right now. Re-up. Sign up. Commit, recommit. Come on. Call on him right now. You can step out. You can say, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. Though what matters is that, it's, is that it's an honest answer in your heart. What matters is his faith sprung up. What matters is a realization that we have a job and, a, and, and we're part of God's plan. We, we're not part of God's plan. We are God's plan. Do you know the church? Look at me. The church is God's plan. And it's, he don't have a plan B. The church, me and you, is God's plan to reach this world. That's it. I'll do it. 
That's the, that's the radical call. I will do it. Leave me, Lord, I will follow. Leave me, Lord, I'll go. You have called me, I will answer. Lead me, Lord. I'll go. How about whatever it takes? Can you find that? Can you find that? How about take my houses, my land, my dreams, my plans? How's that? Start there. Start with the chorus and then go to there. Sing it. Whatever it takes in the sound booth. If you're back there. For whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord. That's what I'll be willing to do. For whatever it takes to be more like you, that's what I'll be willing to do. For whatever it takes Is that a prayer this morning? To draw closer to you, Lord That's what I'll be willing to do For whatever it takes To be more like you that's what I'll be willing to do. Take my houses, my land. Take my houses and my land. Change my, my dreams and, and my, my plans. plans. For I'm placing my whole life in your hands, Lord. And if you call me today to land far away, Lord, I'll go and your will obey. Take the dearest thing to me. Sing it. Take the dearest thing to me, Caleb. Oh, take, take the, the dearest thing to me. To me. Oh, Boy, if that's its how it, it must be. Draw me closer, draw me closer to Thee. Let the disappointments come. Let the disappointments come. Lonely days without the sun. If through sorrow more like You I'll become, Lord. Whatever it takes, sing it. For whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. For whatever it takes to be more like you, that's what 
I'll be willing to do. I'll trade sunshine. I'll trade sunshine for rain. I'll trade comfort for pain. Yes, that's what I'll be willing to do. Yes, for whatever it takes. For my will. For my will to pray. That's what I'll be willing, Lord, to do. It's just a call back to the book. It's just a call back to the call to the purpose. It's just stepping back in to who we claim to be. The Bible says that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, Sermon on the Mount, He said, You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. I said, A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. He said, If you have a light, you don't put it under a basket. You put it on a candle stand so everybody can see it. He said, What good is salt if it's lost its flavor? He said, It's good for nothing but to be trodden underfoot. He's called us to be salty. Salty will make people thirsty. And salty will preserve me. Be salty. Be salty. The Bible says, let your words be seasoned with salt. Be salty, church. It's just a call home. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I encourage you this week, if you haven't already been, I would encourage you to be in prayer and fasting. In fact, I would call anybody. It's a call. Anybody that can and will. Everybody can. Some of you will. Well, I'm diabetic. You know what you need to do to maintain your blood sugar to fast a meal. rest of you aren't. Whether, let the Lord, whether it's a day, a week, three days, or more or less. Prayer and fasting. God grant us boldness to proclaim. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, tell them that you love them this morning.